0: that's the uh, bright orange book over there and it's the forward that begins and, and, and says this it's a book by Tim Challies but this forward by John MacArthur states today's evangelicals are confronted with a multitude of new perspectives emerging trends and evangelical fads all claiming, claiming to be more biblical or more effective than the ideas they seek to overthrow. With such a broad patchwork of competing ideas, all clamoring for mainstream acceptance, how can the average person in the pew be expected to know what is truly sound, safe, biblical? In a world where everything seems colored in shades of gray, how can Christians Develop the discipline of discernment. I thought that was an appropriate quote for the text we're going to be in this morning in Proverbs 2. And I want to define discernment for you. Discernment is the skill of thinking biblically about life. You could actually think biblically about every single thing that you face in life. The Bible actually calls you to it. So discernment is the skill of thinking biblically biblically about life. Distinguishing between truth from error, right from wrong, good from bad, better from best. According to the wisdom of God's word. That's discernment. According, good from bad, right from wrong. And it's in the word of God. You hold it in your hands. Brother, sister. And inquirer. Maybe you don't, you don't know Christ this morning. The Bible that your friend that brought you. Has in their hands. Contains this wisdom. That will allow you to navigate this life. Let's read the text. As you're in Proverbs Chapter two, we're gonna be reading verses one through five. It states, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. This is a classic if-then statement. God says, if you do these things, there's a promise that will occur. If this, my son, then this will happen. It's a promise. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. This is the promise in verse 5. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. What a promise, right? If we just do the, what, what, he, what he outlines in his word, he promises great things. He promises that he will give you wisdom to navigate this life, to discern, to develop this skill of distinguishing between truth from error, right from wrong. But you see, in our world today, man without Christ, he doesn't do this. He does the exact opposite. Man without Christ does what's right in his own mind, leading only to continuous disappointment and ultimate spiritual ruin. But the good news is that Christ came To restore sinful man's focus by providing him with the standard by which to obtain this discernment, true discernment, and complete joy in him, in him alone. So, my preaching point this morning is that God gave you this passage this morning so that you would pursue his standard. That leads to true spiritual discernment and joy in Christ. God gave you this passage this morning so that you would pursue His standard. That leads to true spiritual discernment, distinguishing right from wrong, truth from error, and giving you joy in Christ. So in this passage God gives you six pursuits. Six pursuits that will develop spiritual discernment in your life to honor him. To honor him. And if you don't have notes there's some on the on the back table for you to follow. We're going to we're going to break down these six pursuits here. The first pursuit that will develop, it will, right? It's a promise from God. The first pursuit that will develop spiritual discernment in your life to honor Christ is you must receive God's word in your life. That's found in verse one there. Verse one, part A. It says, son, if you will receive my words. The definition of receive it means to take. To receive means to take from another. Take something that is offered to you. To receive as a gift. So it's to take something that is offered to you as, as if it were a gift. And it's amazing how God's word starts here with this discernment so in order to be spiritual discerning you must first receive God's word in your life but you see developing discernment in your life can only start by receiving and accepting Jesus Christ in your life first this is a prerequisite you can't even begin to pursue the remaining five without the first so the question is do you know Jesus Christ personally this morning have you received him into your life? As we, st- as we stood and as we sat singing these songs of praise, did it melt you to sing about Jesus? Or was it just, I can't wait till this is over? You see, for those who've received Christ, the, these songs were like a love song. that you sing to someone that you love and that's why it was, it, was, it was a blessing to stand and to Jesus, to you we lift our eyes Jesus, our glory and our prize we adore you, behold you to those that we're singing out, right? It's like love song to the one you love So, to receive God's word in your life, you, first, you must first know Jesus personally for who he is. This means that you must acknowledge that you are a sinner against the holy God. That cross represents the death of someone else on your behalf, the sinner so you have to acknowledge that you are a sinner against the holy God deserving just punishment in hell for your sin and relying on Jesus perfect life his sacrificial death on the cross for your sin and victorious resurrection from the dead as your only hope for salvation from the wrath of God we sang that this morning. That's why it's the love song for everyone that he saved. Every believer that's here this morning, it's a love song. And you must receive Christ before you could receive his word. So I implore, I implore you to do that if you don't know this morning who this Jesus is. Ask the that person that took you here. Ask your parents. How can I come to know this beautiful Savior that went to the cross and died for my sin, and through believing in Him, I could have eternal life, and I could actually do these the rest of this passage. I could pursue these things to honor and have joy in Christ, the joy that you were you were you were made for. It's not you weren't made for the joys of these world this world. You're actually made for the joy of. Honoring Christ. That's where your true fulfillment will be found. Only in him. So first, in order to receive God's word, you must receive the Savior. John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him, to them he, he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name the famous John three sixteen says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 it says for this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men but for what it really is the word of god which also performs its work in you who believe have has have your loved ones have your friends been sharing christ with you and you're like yeah yeah i can't wait till you're done but you must realize what they're sharing with you is not their words I just read to you the truth that this is God's gospel. It's from him and you must accept it as from him. God, this is, you're held liable for his word. You're hearing it this morning and you must respond to his word. You must respond to what God has done in Christ by receiving him. If you don't know him this morning and if you do know him this morning, not only receiving Christ, but receiving his word in your life. So that's the first pursuit. You must first know Christ before you could actually receive his words. The first pursuit that will develop spiritual discernment in your life to honor Christ is that you must receive God's word in your life. The second pursuit is that you must treasure God's commandments. That's found in part B of verse one. It says, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. What does that mean? Let me define it for you. To treasure God, God's commandments, it means to collect and deposit for future use. It's to lay up something of great value as, up to, as if to treasure gold. To treasure gold. Look at some of the examples in Scripture. If you would turn to Psalm nineteen eight. Psalm nineteen eight. Psalm nineteen eight reads: The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes. They are more desirable, verse 10, they are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. God says that his word is more desirable than gold and sweeter than honey. Psalm 19, verse 11 says, your word I have treasured. In my heart. We are to treasure. You are to treasure God's word in your heart. It says that I may not sin against you. Proverbs 3. Verse 3 says. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. God says don't let his word. His truth leave you. He says bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Let me just give you an illustration. What it means to treasure God's commands. One of the first gifts that I bought my wife Marlo. When we were first married was. A heart shaped pendant. With a necklace. For Valentine's Day. And. After all these years, she, she still treasures that gift. And when she's wearing it, she goes, she shows me. She says, do you remember this? And it does bring back fond memories. Of the time I first gave it to her. That's treasuring a gift given to you. Do you treasure God's word like that? like the word where you bound, bind it around your neck and you you cherish it and you hold on to it that's the pursuit that you you ought to have for God's word this is a treasure that will help you to have this discernment to distinguish right from wrong truth from error better from best and just to quote my My pastor from our sending church, Steve Fernandez, he used to say God's word is like a love letter from your wife, right? But it's in fact from Christ that you hold dear and you read it over and over. (laughs) You ever get one of those love letters and you just can't stop reading it, right? You even have it tucked away for safekeeping. You treasure it. And you read it over and over. That's God's word for the believer. And for you, this is God's love story to you. He loves you so much that he sent his son and he gave you his word so that you could live for his glory, right? Not just for his glory, but he wants it for your good as well. Isn't that amazing? It glorifies him when you live, when you obey, when you treasure, when you receive his word. So you must read it like a love letter. You must hear it. You must apply God's word in your life. You must do this to treasure it. This this is what it means to treasure, to read, hear it, apply it. So pursue it, brother, sister. Inquire, if you don't know Christ this morning, pursue to know him. Pursue it more, read more. Hear more. Do what you can to learn more more about Jesus. And apply it in your life. This is what it means to treasure. So the first pursuit that will develop spiritual discernment in your life to honor Christ is you must receive God's word in your life. The second is that you must treasure God's commandments. The third pursuit is that you must direct your ears To wisdom. That's found in the first part of verse 2. It says you. It says in verse 2. Make your ear attentive. To wisdom. I'm going to define that for you. To direct your ears. Means to be attentive to it. To be heedful. Intent. Observant regarding with care or great attention. Okay. My dog Mando, I just want to give you an explanation of this. And my dog Mando, he made it his job. He's a cattle dog and cattle dogs need, need a job. He made it his job to protect my house and, and my family. Every time he detected danger, you would just see those ears move. You know, they would just move in the direction where the threat was. Likewise, you must make it your priority, your priority to detect, to direct your ears to wisdom. Direct your ears to whatever God's truth says. Since knowing God's word is your best defense at detecting false teaching. Knowing God's word is your best defense at detecting a, a fake, a counterfeit. So just as verse two says, direct your ears toward it. Direct your ears toward hearing the word of God. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen. 17. Let me just read to you that. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen reads, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. Apply your mind to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them with you, that they may be ready on your lips, so that, you may, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have taught you today, even you. God says to incline your ear to the to his wise words. Do that today. Did you know that, just to provide you an illustration of this, to direct your ears to wisdom, did you know that experts in the, the detection of counterfeit currency, you would think they would, you know, right off the bat, don't you think that these experts to, to detect counterfeit currency would my first inclination was they they would study the fake. They would study the fake currency to know what a fake is. But actually, it's opposite. These experts study the genuine article. They look at the real dollar bill. Since knowing it is the greatest standard to detect a fake and a counterfeit. They never study the counterfeit. They always study the genuine article because knowing the genuine article, knowing the genuine standard will be the best defense to to detect a fake. And knowing God's word will help you to distinguish between truth from error, right from wrong, better from best, according to God's wisdom, not your own wisdom but God's. My mentor and friend, Pastor Rod Santiago, he, Rod Santiago, he said, I remember him teaching this to everybody in the ministry. You know, um, We used to do ministry together and he said, be a biblicist. That means be a scholar, be a student of the word of God. He said, be a biblicist. A, one so much immersed in the, in the scriptures that if someone were to cut you, you would bleed Bible. Are you one that bleeds Bible? That you're so immersed in the scriptures that if someone were to ask you something about life, you know, what do you think about what's happening in this world? That you have, you just bleed Bible. Your answer is not your opinion, but it's, It's based off the truth of scripture. And it provides them direction. It provides them with hope. It provides them with the truth. Distinguished from the error of this world. You you could stand in the gap for them. And say, actually that's not right. This is right. Let me show you. Here, read this. See what God says. Let me show you what he says and how good he is. So studying the Bible must be your priority because we live in a world full of teachings and ideologies contrary to God's word. Just turn on the news. Just go to work and listen to the water cooler conversations. Just go to school and listen to the conversations on, at recess and at lunchtime. And you will hear a world full of teachings and ideologies contrary to God's wisdom that's found in his word. So you must be a student of the Bible. You must be ready to give them the, the truth that's only found in the scriptures. So, so pursue receiving the word of God. Pursue treasuring the word of God. Pursue directing your ears to wisdom. And fourthly, your fourth pursuit is that you must incline your heart to understanding. Verse 2 be there. It says, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding what does that mean what does it mean to incline your heart to understanding the definition of incline inclining means to bend when you incline you bend you stoop or bow and doesn't that sound like reverence that's what it in fact is you're bending your your posture out of reverence You're stooping low to a higher authority. That's what it means to incline your heart to understanding. You're saying your word is higher, Lord. (laughs) Proverbs says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says that, right? Right? That's what it means, to bend, to out of reverence to a higher authority. God is, his word is the highest authority there is. So, inclining your heart to the word is revering. Revering the word as God's truth for every situation in life. Bowing to this higher, his higher authority that he has good intent for you and also to glorify him as you, as you obey it as you revere it and bend to it remember when Peter said in John six sixty eight? he says J- Jesus the verse before says people weren't following him anymore and he said to Peter Simon Peter you want to go with them as well do you want to stop following me? And Simon Peter's response was, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's what it means that you're bowing. You're saying, I have no other hope. We just sang in Christ alone. My hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. That's admitting, where else will I go, Lord? I have nowhere else to go. Just like Peter. That's what it means to incline your heart. It means to revere God's word as the highest standard. And I am lost. That's the day of calamity, the day I stop. Stop inclining my heart to him. That's the day of calamity is when I stop. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. These things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Just to provide an illustration. As a parent, there's often, you know, from experience, there's often times where we have to, Talk to the children, right? Because something's not, something that was once in line is now off path. So we have to come on in, kids. We need to, we need to have a talk. Or maybe just be one of them. And often the attitude going into that, that, that discussion is that the attitude of, I know better than you. The attitude is prideful, you know that I know I know, I know, right, but praise the Lord that after showing them god's word, their hearts are softened because it reveals that pride, and then they 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 realize that following. God's word leads to what is good and what is best for me. Uh, if I obey my parents because of what God's higher standard says and not because my pride, they realize and they repent from it. And then they start going again straight from, what, from going off, off the rails. Right Now they're back on obeying and joyful in Jesus. Right? That's revering the word of God and saying, you're right. It's from God. I need to obey because it's best for me. So in application, you must bow to God's word since it's it's the best for you. It's the highest authority in your life. So first pursue Receiving God's word in your life. Secondly, pursue treasuring God's commandments. Thirdly, pursue directing your ears to wisdom. Fourthly, pursue inclining your heart to understanding. And then fifthly, pursue. Your your fifth pursuit is that you must pray for discernment. Look at verse 3. It says in verse 3. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. Okay. What does it mean to cry? Let me define it for you. It's to make a loud call. Right? Help. Right? Help God. I don't know what to to do. It's to make a loud call or cry. Vehemently or earnestly to shout. To implore. Do you remember in Luke when Or in Matthew, in both both Gospels, when there were blind men, and they were in the crowd, and Christ was making his way down the road, and they would say, "Christ, have mercy! Ha- have mercy on me!" That's it's like that, crying out and and saying, You're, "This is my only chance." <laughs> This is my only opportunity. And crying out, shouting loudly, imploring Christ, Lord, I'm lacking. Would you give it me sight? Would you give me sight? To provide another example, in 1 Peter 2, it says, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word. For those mothers out there with young children, infants right Rebecca baby Talon what happens when they're hungry they implore (laughs) they shout loudly they say mom I want milk (laughs) right they're crying God says to do the same if you lack Wisdom. James 1 5 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Wow, what a promise, right? God tells you to pursue this, to pray. Pray for discernment, and it will be given to you, it says. So an application, asking God for wisdom is part of developing discernment in your life. Imploring him to give you his wisdom and, and, the, and the ability to stop when you, when you veer from leaning, uh, veer by leaning on your own understanding instead, right? So that's what you must pray for. Ask God to develop the sermon in, in your life. God, I'm lacking. I feel inadequate. I, 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 I'm fearful to share the gospel with my friends or my coworkers. God, help me. Help me to be a student of your word, even just a little testimony of what you did in my life. Would you give me that, the boldness to just speak? Because these are people that without truth, they're going to continue down this disappointment and ultimate ruin without Christ. So God, give me discernment. That's part of developing this discernment, the spiritual discernment in your life is to implore him. God, give it to me. So the first pursuit that will develop spiritual discernment in your life is to honor Christ. That will, uh, that will defe- develop spiritual discernment in your life to honor Christ is that you must receive God's word. Second pursuit is that you treasure God's commandments. Third pursuit is that you direct your ears to understanding. The fourth is that you incline your heart to understanding. The fifth pursuit is that you pray for discernment. And the the sixth pursuit and last pursuit is that you must search or seek. Seek for for discernment. Look at verse four and five. Verse four and five says, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, here's the promise, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Let me define seek and search for you. Seek. Seeking discernment. It means to try to acquire or gain. To strive after. To aim at something. To seek as if it was life dependent on it, To seek as if life depended on it. And to search means the same, right? To seek, to look for something, to make inquiry, to examine, to hunt, to hunt, okay? Oftentimes, our work, I work in, a, in an industry where I, I must investigate why something is not up to standard. It doesn't meet my company's standards, so it's called a nonconformance. and they task me with finding out why. Andre, you have to dig deep on this one to find out why this is not meeting the company's standard for a product that we produce. So I hunt, <laughs> I seek for this information so that it supports the root cause of the problem. And I don't stop until all the criteria is filled out on the, the nonconformance report. And then I hand it to my boss. This should this is it. This is the root cause right here. God's word is like that. As we seek, as we search the scriptures, it spots the counterfeit. It spots what's wrong. It divides what's better from best. It divides truth from error. And then confidently you could say, this is God's word. I could go no other way. But here, I'm confident this is your report, God. I know what to do. Are you seeking, are you searching God's word in such a way that you know what to do because of what it says? That's what it means to search To seek the word. Seek for discernment. Joshua one eight. what Manny read up here this morning. Just to read it again. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. That means to seek it out. That means to search it so that you know clearly what God's word says. And what the world is saying. And to differentiate. To draw a line of delineation and say, I must stand on God's, God's word. And not what the world says. That's what it means to, to search for it. It means to dig deep into his word. To, to see what it, it's saying about the life situation that you are facing today but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. See, that's making sure you're in line, right? You're not going off the rails. You're staying right on path as he intends so that you're careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, this is the classic if then statement just as we began this morning. If you receive, if you treasure, if you incline, if you pray, if you meditate on my word, God says, then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have success. You will confidently know that you're doing God's, God's commands. You're, you're following his word. You're inclining your ears to him and not to your own understanding. This is what it means to seek for discernment, to search for it. There are many noble pursuits in this life, but only seeking and searching the scriptures holds value for now and eternity. Amen. Many noble pursuits, but only pursuing and studying and seeking the word of God has value now and And into eternity. So in application. Pursue. Pursue knowing God's word. For it's your life. It is your life. God actually says that. It holds. Weight for life. And godliness. It's the truth for both. Life and spiritual life. Life here on earth. And Life honoring to to God himself. Christ honoring life. So, we've gone through these pursuits. And just in review, God has promised to all his children that if they make it a priority to pursue receiving, treasuring, directing, inclining, praying, And seeking the wisdom of his word. Then he will develop spiritual discernment in your life. To honor his son Jesus Christ. And that's my my prayer. That we would pursue this. We would pursue these things. And if you don't know where to start. Let's go back to my first. My first. Point, which was receive God's truth in your life. Receive God's truth. And that that truth is that you're a sinner in need of a savior. So if you don't know him, bow to him this morning. Say, God, I realize that I am a sinner and that I need the blood of your son to cover me because i can't cover it on my own i can't cover my sin on my own would you cover me with his blood would you forgive my sins through his blood and would you help me now to walk according to your word to pursue these things that we just outlined this morning for your glory let's pray father we thank you we give you praise for your word. How clear it is, God. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you would help those that are here, hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would they bow the knee and, and find joy in Christ from now and, and, and into eternity. And for the believers here, your children, God, would you help them to be diligent with these pursuits to know your word That results in joy and good and your glory. So thank you, Lord. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.